Welcome you inside the studio for Wednesday's edition of the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops is with you. i got to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, I'm struggling to get through this day. It's been a little bit of a, an uphill climb. I've got John Michael Hoefling in studio with me. He's from ABC10. I'll introduce him in just a moment. i got to get this off my chest, though. For one thing, I'm tired, Michael. I'm tired. I was up late last night. I was watching extra inning baseball. I was watching the Minnesota Twins lose 14-12 to in 10 innings to the New York Yankees. Shame. Minnesota led 8-2. to They set a new franchise record for most players with 15 or more home runs in a season. Never before had Minnesota had more than six such players with 15 homers or more. Last night, two joined the club, so now they're up to eight with still 62 games to go. Led 8-2 to two at one point. Rocco Baldelli, manager, and then James Rouse and hitting coach got tossed by an umpire who probably shouldn't have been behind the plate. A young umpire wore his emotions on his sleeve. And the Twins had the bases loaded against a Roldis Chapman with nobody out in the bottom of the ninth. Score one run, and they end up losing the next inning. They go down by a couple of runs. Aaron Hicks was a big part of the Yankee comeback, had a home run. And he had the game-saving catch. It likely would have been a walk-off for the Twins if this ball landed. A game-saving acrobatic catch in the warning track. And it made me just feel a lot of things inside. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Twins fan, and I have been for a long time. I went back, and I found three tweets from the summer of 2013. And I'll read these for you quick. Okay. Quote, shout out to Aaron Hicks on becoming an aggressive leadoff hitter. He's going to be a star. May 13th, 2013. May 1st, 2013. I feel like Aaron Hicks will be a solid leadoff hitter for the Twins. July 10th, 2013. Aaron Hicks game-saving home run robbing catch in the 10th inning. Thumbs up emoji, baseball emoji, hashtag clutch, hashtag MN Twins. All three of those tweets in the summer of 2013, guess what account wrote those? Use. One with the username T Money Hoops. The letter T, the word money, and the word hoops. I think you missed something there. You should have had the S in hoops be a dollar sign or something. Maybe. Maybe. That might have worked. But I tell you what, I, I, I remember when Aaron Hicks was traded to the New York Yankees. I remember I was sitting in my college class. I was in the very back row. The class, ironically, was called conflict management. It, <laughs> I wasn't in there because I had issues or whatever. I, I was there because it was a requirement for a communications degree. I was on my school-issued laptop. I was looking up baseball stuff. I was not paying attention to what was going on. Sounds about right. And I see on, I think it was on Twitter at the time, because I saw via Twitter... Aaron Hicks has been dealt to the Yankees, and I erupted very visibly, very noticeably. Ironically, it happened in conflict management, and I still remember that, and I've never been happy about that trade because the Twins gave up Aaron Hicks, the guy who almost single-handedly beat them last night. They had some really good contributions. D.D. Gregorius, five hits, seven RBI. He was one, but Aaron Hicks almost single-handedly beat and then save the game against the Twins. And in return, they got John Ryan Murphy, a guy who's playing for the Reno Aces. He appeared in a whole 26 games in his Minnesota Twins career and has a negative career war of 0.4. Negative 0.4. But he has three names. 
He has three names, almost as many games as he played in the Twins uniform. <laughs> I was going to say probably as many home runs as he has for for the Twins. Maybe more. It's like a dull anger, if that makes sense. Just, like it just stays in there and sometimes erupts? Yeah. You got a volcano in your heart? Mm-hmm. Okay. Something like that. You might have to do this segment because my heart <laughs> is just racing right now thinking about it. How many like tweets did you draft or like did you did you try to type up anything super angry after that game? Were you thinking about it? Did I, you want to erupt? I wanted to. I was still trying to figure out what was the point of that trade for Minnesota. There was a clear loser and a clear winner in that deal before either player took the field. I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. I mean Aaron Hicks almost single-handedly beat the Twins last night. Good thing they got John Ryan Murphy back for him. Yeah. I don't get it. Baseball is... I love baseball, but I don't think it's always good for me. It's not. Sports aren't always good. Oh, man. So that's that's how I'm going about today. I was no. up late last night. I'm going to need a nap here once I sign off. Maybe a little more coffee. I tell you what, it was a great game, though. Yeah, it was maybe the game. best game of the year. I just yeah. wish it turned out better. Five hours, ten innings, 26 runs, 35 hits, four lead changes, and four blown saves. How about that? Dang. That's pretty pretty amazing, to be honest with you. And despite all their flaws, the Twins were that close to winning it anyway. They get another chance tonight, though, which I'm excited about because that game will be carried here on ESPN-UP. We are going to have the ESPN broadcast here. You can get it, AM and FM, or if you're listening outside of our uh, listening area right now, you can get it via the app that you're tuned into right now. 7.30 start, Roxy Bernstein, Chris Singleton on the call as J.A. Happ takes on Jake Odorizzi. This should be a fun game. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good matchup. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Hopefully I'm not heartbroken tomorrow because uh, uh, okay today's heartbroken tomorrow is going to be angry like i may not show up tomorrow there may not be a sports pen and i may not show up because something really bad happened over the course of whenever the game ends to when i hit the air in about 24 hours what is it about the what is it about the this yankees series like yeah that game the, the last game sure that that was not fun for a twins fan but like a loss here, just any sort of loss, or would it have to be another bad loss? There's two parts to it. Okay. One being that the Twins have been starved for success for a long time. They had a fairly decent year in 2015. They had a horrendous 103 loss season the following year, and then they made the playoffs the next season. Last year, they came in with high expectations. They finished six under 500, and now they've suddenly shot up to being one of the best teams in baseball. I think they have the fourth best record. Yeah, and, and this, I feel like this team didn't have the expectations of last year. No, after no. After trading a couple of guys. And, the highest yeah. projection I saw from them was finishing 81-81, and 81, being a 500 team. Really? And another second highest? place. Yeah, another second place finish in the Central. I feel like I, no, I think I had them finishing under 500. I think I had them finishing like 79 and something. I thought they'd finish above 500. They got so many good pieces this offseason. I knew they'd be better. Yeah. I, I thought Cleveland was still going to win the division. Mm. They need to make some improvements, like regardless of the outcome last night, the Twins need a better bullpen. The team they have right now is good, but they're an ALCS team at best. Like, this team won't go to the World Series the way they are right now. Do you think the Astros are still the favorite then? No, I think it's the Yankees. Really? And that's the other part. I just hate the Yankees. Like, I I, I hate the Yankees. Nobody likes the Yankees. I have a professional respect for the Yankees. But they are the team that you love to hate. Yep. There's always something like that. Like New Notre Dame for a lot of people is yeah, that. Notre Dame. Notre yeah. Dame is somebody that if you're not a fan, 
Ohio State and Michigan fans can come together and hate Notre Dame. I feel like more people hate Bama nowadays, though. They're getting there. Yeah. Some people okay. are. But Bama has the support of other SEC schools a lot of the time because they want the SEC to be known as the top-tier conference. Notre Dame is an independent, doesn't have that. <laughs> Notre Dame's polarizing. Justin Bieber, he's a polarizing person. The president is polarizing. The New York Yankees are polarizing, and that's why I hate them, because you either really love them or you really hate them, and I really hate them. And I love beating the Yankees, particularly because the Twins haven't done that a lot over the last 15 years. You could go back fifteen. You could go back more than fifteen years. I feel like. Yeah, but it's really gotten bad in the last fifteen. And the Aaron Hicks trade doesn't help. No, okay. that's just salt in the wound. That general manager is gone. However, now we need this group to start making some moves, and it starts with that bullpen. Their offense is fine. Starting pitching's been excellent. Go fix that bullpen now. Speaking of which, what are your Giants doing? Are they buyers or sellers? Because I really want Will Smith. Will Smith's going to be gone. But is so, he coming to Minnesota? I, I don't know if he's coming to Minnesota. I know Cleveland is super interested in him, too. Please, God, no. <laughs> I mean... They have Brad Hand. What do they need him for? A, lo- a lot of people... Well, I mean, Will Smith just became a closer, like, mm-hmm. last year. So he, he can serve as a, in a relief role as well. That's something about the Giants' bullpen. The Giants' bullpen is their strength right now, because they have four guys on their roster that have closing experience, mm-hmm. but that aren't all necessarily straight closers. The only guy that is supposed to be a straight closer, Mark Melanson, is the worst one of those four. <laughs> the guy four. nobody wants. <laughs> yeah. He's cost way too much, and now he's garby garb, right? <laughs> but from everything I'm being told, the Giants will be will still be sellers, but they're going to try their best. Meaning, I think that they're going to sell one piece, but they're not going to try to get anybody big. Hmm. And I think the one piece that sort of doesn't fit the mold is Will Smith. Yeah. An all-star, the best stats, a closer, a legitimate closing superstar right now. Mm-hmm. He, which the Twins need. Yeah, which a lot of teams need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he He's the guy to go right now. I think maybe Sam Dyson or Tony Watson could also go. Mm-hmm. Because as long as they keep one of those guys, they'll still be a contender. And I still think their bullpen would be solid. But if anybody's going to go, it's going to be Will Smith. And if you're going to add anybody to that list, probably Sam Dyson or Tony Watson. I mean, they're playing really good baseball right best now. They're ba- one game over 500, the aren't Two they? Games. Two, Two games. games now. Okay. They, they've beaten... The Cubs two nights in a row. Yeah, they're seventeen and three in their last twenty, and they're suddenly within a couple of games of a wild card spot. They are one game behind. They are half a game, sorry, behind the Milwaukee Brewers. I still don't think they're going to be a playoff yeah, team. They're not, I, yeah, I don't. It, it's crazy. They're not. I, I don't think they'll finish above five hundred. Mm-hmm. But it's it's insane, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to keep writing this out. And here, like the Giants are in a good are in a good position because a lot of people have faith in them, so. But no matter what they do, no fans are going to be upset. If they, no. s- if they sell, fans are going to be like, great, let's build for the future. If they try to buy and go for one more run, if it works, then everybody will be happy. If they buy and they don't make it, nobody's going to be happy. Do you think they might buy and go for one more run with Bochi? I, hmm, I want to say no, but the fire that Bumgarner's bringing, man, like, I wouldn't doubt it. And then that's the thing. What happens to him? Bumgarner's not going anywhere. You think they hang on to him? Oh, yeah. And Bumgarner has shown, he's made it quite apparent that he doesn't want to go anywhere. I have uh, one trade proposition. Well, I don't know if it's a proposition. How about a scenario that I would just hate, but I'm starting to wonder if it might happen because Cleveland is starting to dip their toe into the trade waters. It's a good turn of phrase, isn't it? Trade waters. Not bad. Trevor Bauer's not coming back to Cleveland next year. So you need to maximize your return for him. And their offense is terrible. I mean, Cleveland, they mismanaged that offense in the offseason. No one could have saw how bad of a year Jose Ramirez would have. 
yet they let way too many good offensive pieces go. So you trade Bauer for a key offensive player. If you can extend Trevor Bauer, I think that the most coveted offensive player right now should be Trey Mancini, I feel like. I could see it, and I would just hate that. He's not who I had in mind, but I could see it. Who'd you have in mind? Jack Peterson. The Dodgers need reliable pitching when it comes to October. Trevor Bauer can give them that, and they've got more than enough outfielders. I know it hurts to give up Jack, but you're trading an all-star home run hitter for a potential Cy Young candidate. Yeah, but I feel like can the can the sorry can the Dodgers if it's just a one for one mm-hmm. maybe something like that could be pulled off. But I don't feel like the Dodgers could afford to go for another rental this year, especially after last year where they traded so much away so many of their good young prospects. And Jock is still young. Jock is still very young. Still has a lot of potential. That's a good point. He, he almost took out uh, he almost took out Vlad Jr. in, in the home run derby. He's got pop, man. And that's a great point you bring up because that might discourage a team from giving up a key prospect or a key piece for Bauer because they would need a guarantee from him that he is going to re-sign next season. Yeah, and I understand the whole, if it brings us a championship, sure. Mm -hmm. But the Dodgers are the best team in the National League right now. I doubt that they're going to be looking for anything that wild for one of their young prospects. If If they can, I think right now they're just looking for a little bit of depth. Somebody like Curtis Granderson... Somebody like, uh, I don't even know. Somebody like, uh, I'm trying to think of a first, uh, Justin Bohr, I think would be a very, oh, would be a very okay. good addition to them. Just a little bit of depth and a little bit of veteran help to, to sort of even them, out, even them out, make them a little stronger. How about his Drupal Cabrera? That'd be a good one, yeah. too. Yeah, ton, guys like that, right? Yeah. Where it's just, bring them in, they'll provide some leadership, they'll provide some stability, and they'll help in the playoffs. Do you think that the Dodgers, as their roster stands right now, will win the World Series? No. I don't either. American. And there's no reason for me to think they shouldn't, but I don't. The, the American League, I think the Astros and Yankees are just leagues and heads above everybody else right now. Right now I feel, I don't want to say confident because I hate the idea. I'm appalled by it. But I think the Yankees are going to win the World Series as it stands right now. I think don't they're going to beat that. the Dodgers. Don't you dare say that. I don't want to say that. It don't kills you, me to say that. Don't you dare say that. But right now I have the Yankees beating the Dodgers. And I don't know where the Dodgers need to upgrade their roster. Like you said, just adding a little bit of depth, some veteran guys. But no matter what kind of roster they bring well, into the World Series, I just don't think they're going to win they it. Just, they're, they're becoming the Buffalo Bills, the yeah. 90s Bills that went to yeah. four straight Super Bowls and lost them all. They, they just have that aura around them right now of mm-hmm. they can't, Put it all together. No, they were supposed. They were the best team we'd ever seen. Just two years ago, couldn't do it back then. Nope, couldn't they blew it actually. Yeah, and then last year uh, we had the same feeling. They were like, "Oh, they're an incredible team," but when they got to the World Series or when they got to the NLCS, could barely hang on against the Brewers, and then mm-hmm. they were just massively outclassed by the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And it's the same feeling to, uh, today, where every time I watch them, I go. They don't look that good. No. But they managed to pull out wins. Right. So, and their division is awful, too. I'm sorry, I know, but they have one other team over 500? Two. Two. There's the other. Are they, what, 51 and 50? I think they're, I, I, they might be 51 <laughs> and 51. I, I think they are 51 and 51. The Giants are second in that division, man. Uh, Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Let's take a timeout. When we come back... Who's left on Team USA's basketball roster, and what kind of lineup can they put together come next month?
That's next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to Enter Hoops. John Michael Hofling with you in The Sports Pen. Glad to have you along this Wednesday afternoon. Who is still left for Team USA? Who are we going to be sending to the Basketball World Cup here next month? First and foremost, do you think the majority of our listeners are surprised to know there is a Basketball World Cup? No, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I'd say baseball has a World Cup. Anything, any sport has a World Cup. I don't know if they knew that it existed, but they're like, oh yeah, probably. Maybe uh, there was probably one. Probably not surprised about it, but will people pay attention to it because it starts no. the last day of August? And goes through the first two weeks of September. I mean, football no. is going to be started by yeah. then. No, I, I'm not even going to pay attention to it. <laughs> and plus, the USA is so dominant. The only team that ever gives them competition is Spain. Mm. Some of those Eastern Bloc countries can be tough. I think Serbia was who we beat in the gold medal game at the Olympics. Maybe. Maybe that was actually last World Cup. But I think we crushed them. Like Probably. Yeah. Uh, Australia's not even going to have Ben Simmons. Nope. Like, yeah. The Patty Mill Show. Exactly. Dante so- Exum. Maybe Andrew Bogut? <laughs> Maybe Andrew Bogut. Uh, yeah, I miss the days when suiting up for Team USA was an honor rather than an obligation. Like you saw that in the World Baseball Classic a couple of years ago. Mike Trout and Bryce Harper decided not to play. USA still won that tournament. But basketball, the U.S. isn't even sending their B well, team to this. They're yeah. sending... <laughs> it's because the U.S. is just so far and away the best basketball country in the world. Mm-hmm. It's not even a question. Like, the World Baseball Classic was phenomenal to watch because you didn't know if Puerto Rico or Cuba or any of the South American teams or uh, America, even Japan, Japan, Dominican Republic. The Netherlands had a really good chance, too. You didn't know if any of that was going to, who was going to win that one. In fact, for a while, it looked like Cuba was going to be the dominant force and was going to take it. Mm -hmm. But America pulled it out, and it was great. Remember when Israel came out of nowhere and made their run in that yeah. tournament? That was awesome. Yeah, that, that was amazing. But in terms of basketball, it's like, oh, shoot, over here, Latvia and Spain just had a killer matchup, 81-80, to 80, the final score. Meanwhile, America played doesn't matter and won by 46. But now there might actually be some parity at this tournament because it's, well, it's yeah. like the C-plus team that's you know, headed you know over there. Crazy? It's the same thing. You know how I kept saying I have warrior's privilege where I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what happens. I'm feeling the same thing right now. I am not so? worried for Team USA, not whatsoever. I actually love the Basketball World Cup. I do. I'm going to really? pay attention to it. But I would like it a lot better if we had a good roster going over there. Like, I think the list of NBA players who are not playing for Team USA is bigger than their actual <laughs> roster right now. No LeBron, no Curry, no Klay Thompson for obvious reasons, no Durant for obvious reasons, no Kawhi, no Anthony Davis. Kevin Love is the latest superstar to say no. Like, when Kevin Love, modern day, not eight years ago, Kevin Love, is saying he's, no. He's still solid, man. No, he is not solid. He is still a double-double machine. Oh, stop. He is, man. When I, Kevin Love is saying no, that's bad. When Kevin Love is rejecting you. <laughs> Let me give you the list of players that, as of right now, still subject to change, are on the Team USA roster. And again, the final roster will be released a little less than a month from now on August 17. You tell me of these guys, who is the best player Team USA has? Kemba Walker, Chris Middleton, Kyle Lowry, Paul Millsap, Brooke Lopez, Andre Drummond, Donovan Mitchell, Miles Turner, Jason Tatum, Harrison Barnes, Aaron Gordon, D'Angelo Russell, Kyle Kuzma, Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, P.J. Tucker, and Marcus Smart. 
That is a solid squad. That is not a solid that squad. That is a solid squad. <laughs> Kemba Walker is the best player, by the way. <laughs> Trying to make a starting five out of that group. I mean, that's a that's a playoff team. That, you you know, think that is a conference final team? Oh my you, gosh! Yes, that's a, that is a good team. You are king of the hot takes. You yeah, are Stugatz. How is that a hot take? <laughs> okay, let's compare this team to the Milwaukee Bucks. All right. Okay. Every single position except power forward, Team USA is going to have a better player. All right. How is that a bad team? Wait, is Chris Middleton playing for the Bucks or for Team USA? He's playing for both. But it's a better or equal player at each position, except power forward. How is that not a decent squad? Well, Brook Lopez is on could, Team USA, I guess, you too. You could say the same exact... Yeah, well, I don't think he'd be this... I, so he'd cancel be, himself out if he starts for yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, but Kemba is miles ahead of Eric Bledsoe. Right. Okay. Basically, we're canceling out two spots, so Team USA would have the edge for sure in one. The Bucks would have yeah, power forward. Bucks would have power forward. So then the tiebreaker, I'm not even sure who would start at that respective spot. Like, I don't know if I can make a starting five out of but this like, list right who, now. Who's going who's gonna to do that? Pat Connaughton? Whoever goes up against Pat Connaughton, that's an obvious, like, upgrade for Team USA. Who's deeper in this group? What? Team USA? You think? Yeah, yeah. You have Jason Tatum on the bench. Like, come on. Tatum might be a starter for this Kyle, Kyle Kuzma's on the bench then. You make it sound like he's good. Kuzma is good, oh, man. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> if I had to make a starting five with this roster, Kemba is a no-brainer. Yeah, he would be the yeah. point guard. Chris Middleton I would have starting You have Kyle well. Lowry on the bench. Would you start Andre Drummond in the post? I'm. You know what? That wouldn't be bad. Would it be a four or five for Team USA? Because I feel like he could play I, the five, but he doesn't really get that chance with I Detroit. Think, I think in a shooting league, you need to have Brooke Lopez in. Okay. You need to have at least one uh, solid shooter at the spot. So I think putting Drummond at the four would be a little smarter. What about Miles Turner? Where does he fit? That's in? just solid defense, right? Okay. Yeah, I think he's a I think he's a bench guy, a situational guy. Let's see. And if you had to pick somebody at the three spot, I mean, we're we're in agreement that Julius Randle's like your eleventh guy off the yeah, bench. Yeah. Uh, it, man, that. But that's pr- still solid, man. Julius Randle's still a good player. That three spot could either go to well, it could be Kyle Lowry. But otherwise, you've got Donovan Mitchell, first-year oh, Donovan yeah, Mitchell, yeah. not sophomore Donovan Mitchell, yeah, yeah. and then either Tatum or Brown from the Boston Celtics. Yeah, that, team that, USA is basically Team Celtics. The, and are you feeling good about the Celtics this year? I feel pretty good, not then as confident are, as I was last year. Why aren't you feeling good about Team USA? I like being assured of winning. Like I don't like being nervous. So, so during the Basketball World Cup, you prefer to see blowouts from... Oh, yeah. Okay. I love it when the U.S. hangs like 124 and holds a team to 46. I love that. I want I world blame, domination. I can't blame you on that, man. That, that does feel good sometimes. World domination, man. Uh, but I tell you what, it's becoming a battle of attrition, and some guys are still going to get cut from this roster. I mean, Paul Millsap is on here. Like, eight years ago, that's a great thing. I, he was still a good part of that, of that Denver team, man. Maybe fourth. At best, fourth. That's still that's still all right. Like Denver was a very very good team, solid throughout. They they went twelve deep. Second, they were they the number two seed. They were. Yeah, they were the two seed. But they lost in the semis. They lost in the conference semis. To, yeah, to to one of the best players in the world. Who, by the way, pulled out yeah, of yeah, <laughs> the I world was cup. Say that. Him and his sidekick. Yeah, CJ. Yep, McCollum and Lillard. McCollum would have. Do you think McCollum would have started over Middleton? No. 
No? No. Okay. I think Chris Middleton. I'm excited to have Chris Middleton in a Team USA uniform. I hope that's a good-selling jersey. I'm going to get Kemba at Team USA. Yeah. That's going to be a good one. jersey. Uh, but I tell you what, Greg Popovich is coaching that team, which means they'll be all right. <laughs> no, they'll be all right. We're, we're going to hear nothing about this team leading up to the World Cup. <laughs> we're, we're, it's, nothing is going to come out. <laughs> Maybe that's what it should be. I don't know. You think so? Maybe. I think the best part about the NBA are the personalities. It, it is, but this year the product on the court actually has a chance to be better. That's why I'm excited for the NBA. Okay. Tell you what, before we hit the break, how about this story that came out yesterday? Adrian Peterson is suddenly in a lot of debt. Yeah. I heard he got screwed over. Apparently he did. He says he trusted the wrong people. I remember I was playing video games. I think I was playing college football back in 2014 because that was the last year it came out. When I remember getting a notification, I looked down at my phone and it said, Adrian Peterson's being investigated for abusing his son. I prayed that that was not true because I liked him. You know, regardless of your fandom, he's a likable guy. And he's got a great story coming back from an ACL tear and getting that 1,000 yard rushing season. He's had a great story. And now all of a sudden he is massively in debt and he's probably not going to be in the league here in. Probably. Three years at best is probably what he has left. Every time I see him take the field, it's incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Because even two years, last year he was great. Mm-hmm. But even two years ago, anytime he did anything, people cheered. Mm-hmm. It's great to see. Do you remember last year with the Redskins, he had the longest run of his career? He went 90-something yards. 97, I think. And in that game, he still didn't reach 100 yards rushing. <laughs> It's amazing, though, to see where his career has gone and what's happened to him. You know, he went from having that... Eight yards short of the NFL record, is that what you're talking about? I was thinking more of, like, his 30th birthday, how extravagant that was. Remember, he, like, flew in Nelly, and he flew in, like, 30 people first class. I don't don't remember his birthday. Well, he he wishes that he could go back to that time, (laughs) I think. I don't know. I feel bad for him. I just... I like him. He made a mistake, and I, I know we all do. It's, it's just unfortunate that it had to happen. Yep. Kind of like Kenny Anderson. Kenny Anderson's dial. Former Boston Celtics guard. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, DJ Durkin has a new coaching job. How? That's next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen. John Michael Hoefling in studio with me, Tanner Hoops. Glad to have you along as always. Here's your sports center update. Trey Turner hit for the cycle for the second time in his career last night. Turner became the 26th player in Major League history to record multiple cycles and just the third ever to do it against the same team. He did it against the Rockies. How about that? Dang. He likes playing the Rockies, apparently. Yeah, a lot of people do. <laughs> Washington continues playing red-hot baseball as they thump Colorado. Meanwhile, the Green Bay Packers released veteran defensive tackle Mike Daniels. He was with them for seven seasons, released him this morning. I was a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah. I'm a little surprised by it, but, man, that's that's pretty good defensive tackle out there on the market. Yeah, you got good linebackers, but all of a sudden you can't stop the run. And finally, Colin Coward is looking to revamp his feud with Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield. Now, in case you've missed good. this, isn't it? We good. love this. Yes. <laughs> they had an ongoing feud Baker Mayfield and Colin Coward, radio show host of The Herd. They had an ongoing feud going on around Memorial Day. They took to social media to go at each other after some comments that were made on Coward's show saying that 
Baker is not that good of a quarterback. Well, on his show yesterday, Colin reiterated he does not think Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback, and the feud between those two is starting up again. And I tell you what, I love it. I love because those two know exactly what they are doing. Colin is a guy that is not afraid to troll. He trolls with the best of them. Mm -hmm. And Baker is not afraid to say whatever's on his mind, whether he should or not. I I I love this. The first time Baker Mayfield ever went on the herd Mm -hmm. was the best segment of any talk show I've ever seen ever. It was oh we need that kind of content. I know. So Baker and Colin Coward have renewed their fight. They are renewing their social media engagement, their Twitter war, what have you. So that got me thinking, if I were to troll a quarterback, if ESPN-UP was going to start a Twitter feud with an NFL quarterback, who would it be? Which quarterback should I be? you got to pick somebody who's a mix of immature or vocal, somebody who's got a large fan base that is going to get behind them, and start sticking up for them when you come at them, and someone who is active on social media. I have the perfect guy. Who? Cam Newton. He'd be a good one. Yeah. I could see Cam Newton that doing is, that it. Is amazing. And you know what? I want to start a few with Cam Newton <laughs> because I am so <laughs> sick and tired. I've seen so many tier lists of quarterbacks coming out recently that say Cam Newton is a top five quarterback in the league. He's not even close. <laughs> People, he had one good year. Cam Newton would be a good one to start a Twitter war with. Another one, I'm not going to do it because we would lose half our listenership, would be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. If you dated <laughs> him on yeah. Twitter, he'd probably fight you. Maybe. He probably would. Dude, I think it would be uh, easy. A, a couple of years head. ago, Colin Kaepernick went after a San Francisco native because there was a uh, what, what was it? Colin Ka- uh, somebody Kaepernick posted a picture of him working out or something, and the, his, it was his abs, right? Mm-hmm. And then the guy responded with. Oh, you know, good abs ain't going to help you find open receivers. And then they had a Twitter war for like three straight days. <laughs> oh, man. I think that would have worked on Kaepernick before 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> now he just mutes any account that comes at him. That, yeah. But you got to find somebody who will engage with you. Tom Brady, people have tried to start something with yeah, Brady. Tom, he just blocks them. I mean, he, he would Brady's, be a good guy to feud with. Like, I feel like you couldn't even feud with him. I feel like sure he, you could. I feel like he'd just troll you back. Oh, no, no, no. You could feud with Tom Brady. How about Kirk Cousins? Can you feud with Kirk Cousins? I feel like Kirk Cousins has the personality of that wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but he's kind of like a meme, right? You a like, little bit. You like that? Like, so. Yeah, he's overpaid. You like that. You like being overpaid. Yeah. Tom Brady can get in his head. You can call him a system quarterback. Sis Tom Brady. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ah, man. Ooh, that, that would start something. Without Belichick, you're basically Jim Sorgi. You, How do you like that? You could be. You could compare him to Jared Goff. Just be like, you're a system quarterback just like Jared Goff. <laughs> he might be a good one. Uh, Jared Goff? I feel like he's got even less of a personality than Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Uh, Patrick Mahomes just wouldn't get involved with it. Like, he's too positive. He's like well, the always that, upbeat That's the same thing guy. I feel about Tom Brady, but you say Tom Brady, you think it's like that. Oh, no, no. Tom Brady's got a little devil side to oh, him. Okay, okay. I, I can see that. Andrew Luck didn't even have social media, but I had never trolled Actually, Andrew Luck. Actually, you know Derek Carr's... Okay, he might be another one. Yeah. You know, with Antonio Brown in the locker room now, you don't know how anybody's going to react on, on that Raiders team, so... I would kind of feel bad trolling Derek Carr, though, because his career is ending in kind of a sad way. Like I, I feel bad he had for so him. much potential. And, yep, yeah. and had one really good season, and then got hurt, and then that was it. Yeah. And now he's teammates with Antonio Brown and Vontez Perfect, <laughs> all coached by Chucky. Yeah, 
A guy like that's the best part. Uh, Drew Brees just wouldn't get involved with you if you tried to troll him. Jameis Winston, he might Ooh, be that, one. Be yeah, Jameis Winston. Josh Rosen. Okay. Ooh, Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. Yeah, he is. He looks like he's calm in demeanor. He's got a wild side yeah, to him. Yeah, he does. Like, Absolutely. He can get in your head if he really wants to. Yeah. I mean, he's I think, not afraid to talk trash. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick could be able to calm him down, but you mm-hmm. can, you could you could start something with Josh Rosen, 100%. Fitzpatrick would not get involved. I don't think Deshaun Watson is the type. No. Russell Wilson would be a terrible guy to try and feud with on social media. I'll say this. I don't think that I have ever known a celebrity or an athlete who is less interesting on social media than Russell Wilson. And I like Russ, mm-hmm. but his social media presence, I mean, it's there. He's got a following, but he's about as boring as anybody on social media. Dang. He is. Have I, you ever I, looked at his Twitter? No. He just well, doesn't do may, a lot. It's interesting. it's so boring that I don't follow it. <laughs> uh, you think Jimmy Garoppolo would get in Twitter war? I haven't seen anything like that. No. I, haven't, I haven't seen any. Like, even when he tore his ACL, there were a lot of people tweeting at him. Uh, saying like, oh, you ruined our season, whatever. You you could like give us our money back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing was coming out from no. him, so I think I think he'd be I think he he wouldn't get into it. I think Philip Rivers would abstain. I tend to think Phillip that Rivers Matt Stafford Philip Phil, Phil Rivers has no abstain game. <laughs> judging from his nine kids, does he have? He oh my, not that. He, he doesn't know when to Come hold. Come on, Michael. He doesn't, he doesn't know when to hold back. <laughs> Come on, Michael. It's a family show. I, I guess, man. I guess. Uh, I tend to think Matt Stafford wouldn't get involved. I don't even no, know if he, he wouldn't get involved. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Trubisky? Uh, jury's still out on him. Nah, Matt, I don't know if Andy Dalton is social media. I, I forgot Andy Dalton existed, <laughs> to, be, uh, to be honest. It's funny because I feel like Jeff Driscoll is the more noticeable Cincinnati He probably is. Now. Yeah. Jeff Driscoll is probably going to be their third string by the time the yeah. season is over because they got Ryan Finley, who I really like out of NC State. Really? I like him. What about him do you like? I like the way he plays. He's a big guy. Body type of Cam Newton. His arm needs a little bit of work. I mean, he's not a guy that he should have been taken in the first round by any means. But the potential's there. He can't teach his size or his running ability. And his game management has been excellent. Sounds like you're a fan of Josh Allen. And no, I'm not a fan of Josh Allen. <laughs> okay. Josh Allen is a watered-down version of Lamar Jackson. Really? Yes. That, you're saying I'm the hot take <laughs> guy, man. I don't, what, what makes Josh Allen a qualified quarterback? He... He's a little slower than Cam Newton, but he's got the same size of Cam Newton, the same sort of running ability, but he's got a bigger arm. And he yeah, just but has if Cam the... Newton's the benchmark. Yeah, okay, I'll agree with you on that. <laughs> but like Cam Newton still has been a franchise guy, potential MVP it's at points in his career. I want to do this. I want to start a Twitter feed. That's who we should go after, Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, I'm saying. Okay, on ESPN UP, we are going to start a Twitter feud <laughs> with Josh Allen. You heard it here first. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. And that's the first thing I'm going to tweet him. I'm going to say, you are a watered-down Lamar Jackson. You are a less successful version of Lamar. Just switch to running back and do us all a favor. <laughs> Tell him to be a tight end, man. Do you think that would get to him more? Uh, he's got the tight end body. I don't know how well he catches. I know he can run really well, and that's why I'd yeah. say... Running back, fullback, something like that. Dude, okay. If you start, I'll join in with you. Like, <laughs> ESPN, UP, and ABC 10 are going to go after <laughs> Josh Allen. <laughs> I think this just sounds like a good time all around. 
I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. I said we were going to talk about DJ Durkin, and we wasted almost 10 minutes on this nonsense. <laughs> so DJ Durkin, the former football coach at the University of Maryland, he was the head coach when Jordan McNair passed away during training camp last year. He has a new job, teaming up as an assistant with his old buddy Dan Quinn and the Atlanta Falcons. My only question is why? Why is this happening? Doesn't make any sense. Other than being friends, they're friends. That's about it. DJ Durkin wasn't good at the college level. No, he actually sort of ruined that program. Mm -hmm. Created, what was it? Wasn't he being investigated for like having an incredibly toxic locker room Mm -hmm. or something? Yeah. And then a player dies under his watch. And the thing is, I'm not saying people shouldn't get second chances, even if it's, you know, it's tough for me to say because I do believe in second chances. However, you got to deserve that. You got to earn that. And he has taken zero responsibility for what happened. He has deflected. He's never once apologized. What has he done to deserve a job? Does he have to? Do you think he has to apologize for that? That's what he should do. I don't think he has to, but I think it'd be the right thing to do. I don't know, like, but, I don't know, I was always raised to feel like if you apologize, that means you're you're accepting that you were at fault. Does he really... He was at fault! You think so? Yes! What about, what what about being the coach of this player? Like, yeah, you're supposed to be under their protection, but I've never known a coach, I mean, I played at the collegiate level for a little bit, not football, obviously, Mm -hmm. but, um, I've never had a coach that is always around us at all times and trying to protect us at all times. Yeah, but this happened during practice. It was under his watch. <sighs> yeah, the, that's a that's To a me, it's on it. him, and he's done nothing to even reach out to the family, apologize. Oh, he hasn't reached, even reached out? No. Oh. I, just what qualifies him to be a coach, especially move up a level to the NFL? Guys like Art Bryles. I mean, he's coaching high school kids right now. This is a guy that covered up sexual assaults less than five years ago, and somebody thought, this is who I want my 16-year-old son to look up to and learn from. It doesn't make sense to me. DJ Durkin should not be coaching. I, I don't get that. Like, Urban well, Meyer is going to have a job again someday. There's no way he stays retired. Yeah. After everything he's done, some program is going to be willing to take the reputation hit because he's going to bring him a championship. And what was it you said to me earlier? One championship is worth how many bad years? Yeah, worth how many years of disappointment. Right, right. You said that to me off air, I know. But that happened at Florida. They got their title, and then they went through some really tough times. Ohio State got their title. They're going through some tough times. And I'm sure another program is going to do it at some point. Yeah. It bugs me. I don't it, get it. College football, man. It, make, it makes money. So you you need to make or it doesn't make money. You need to make money with it, right? And that's why I think Urban Meyer very well could be a head coach again. Should he be is a whole different well, question. Here, let's take that question that I asked you and let's flip it on the other end. Okay. How many years of great success is worth one controversy or worth one sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Fallout. Scandal. Something yeah, like scandal. That. Yeah. Because that would be the same thing with Urban Meyer then. That would be the answer to the question. No. It's like, let's see you sign Urban Meyer to a 10-year contract. If nine years of great success, if you think nine years of great success is worth one year of a huge scandal that has a bunch of fallout, mm-hmm. then yes, somebody's going to hire him. And I think that there and there's is schools a, like that. Yeah, yeah. There are going to be schools like that no matter what. 
But what about DJ Durkin? That doesn't make sense to me. Like, what did he accomplish in if, Maryland? If zero years of great success <laughs> equals one year of scandal. A career oh, winning percentage of like 133 gets you a job in the NFL. A player dies in your watch and you win like 10% of your games. That's exactly who I want to be my NFL assistant coach. Well, like you said, they're friends, man. I know, but I hate that. I just It bothers me. Yeah. Let's take a break. When we come back... If there was one city without an MLB team that would be perfect for it, who would it be? I've got some thoughts on it I want to share with you next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, check it out on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple I Store or Google Play. Just look up ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoofling with your reminder, we will have Yankees Twins this evening from Target Field, 7.30 Eastern. The pregame begins, 8.10 first pitch. Tell you what, I love baseball on the radio. Some sports I like radio better than TV. Baseball is far and away my favorite to have radio on. Because let's face it, baseball has the best broadcasters. You have to, in a way, because there's so much downtime in baseball, so you have to have an entertaining mm-hmm. guy be able to keep keep the going, keep people right. entertained, right? Oh, man, it's tough for me to say, but baseball has got some outstanding guys in the booth. Mm-hmm. I went to school in L.A. I heard Vin Scully mm-hmm. every, uh, every day for three years, the fourth year he was gone. But Vin yeah. Scully is in a class of his own. Yep. He always will be. Last night, I was having a conversation with a friend, and we were talking about cities that could host a Major League Baseball team. And we got on the topic of the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are a team that's just, they're just not going to last in Tampa. They have the worst payroll in baseball. They have the worst stadium in baseball. And they have fans that just do not care. They get supported less than the L.A. Rams. Or the Marlins. Or the Marlins. It, it, people like the Marlins better than yeah. the Rays. And the Rays are playing good baseball. Like, they could very well be a playoff team. When they're the, just on the outside right now. Even when they went to that World Series back in 2008? Mm-hmm. I believe it was 2008. Yep. They still had, I think it was like the third lowest attendance in baseball. Mm -hmm. They have fickle fans down there, fans that just don't support them, and it shows in their finances. They're financially in a bad place, and I don't think they're going to last. So my friend and I are talking. We're thinking about some places where a pro baseball team would do well. We started thinking cities like Charlotte. Nashville was one we both thought Mm. would be pretty good for baseball. We both, being biased, said Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've I've thought about this for a long time. Des Moines has the top level of minor league teams in hockey, baseball, and basketball. What I would want, I don't know who this would have to go through. I don't know if the governor's jurisdiction or the mayor, what have you. I would be willing to lose two minor league teams to pull all the resources together and go all in for one major franchise because it's a fairly decent sized city. And they have really good fans there. I mean, they have a rabid fan base that could support it. Iowa and Iowa State fans are passionate because they don't have any pro sports teams. And March Madness has been to Des Moines twice in the last three years. Well, do you think that that would be a cause for concern of moving a major league team there? It's the same thing that happened with the Rams, where it's like, oh, why would we cheer for the Rams? We already got USC and UCLA. So it would be the same thing. We already have Iowa and Iowa State. It could be a cause of concern, but I still want it to happen. I say go all in. Renovate Principal Park or Wells Fargo Arena. I think they seat 18,000. They'd have to, at the very minimum, seat 21,000. So there would be renovations that would need to be done. But, you know, being biased like I am, I would love to see Des Moines, Iowa get a pro sports team of some sort. However, I don't think it's going to happen. I think cities like Nashville, 
would be perfect for baseball. I think Charlotte would embrace it really well. How about Montreal? I mean, it makes sense. They've had one before. It's had success before. Then they moved it to Washington. It, it could, it's, there's still a fan base there, right? So mm-hmm. if you have a team there at all, in general, at one point, there's still going to be fans there. I would like to see it go back to Montreal. I really would. But I want all or nothing. I don't want it to be half Montreal, half Tampa Bay. It's a terrible idea. It is a terrible idea. Especially when you're dealing with international borders and what have you. Yeah. Like, it'd be one thing if you're doing it within the country. Kansas City and Omaha, didn't they do that in mm-hmm. basketball in the 70s? That's one thing. And they're in fairly close proximity to each other. It's a whole different thing to try this internationally where you're going from Tampa Bay to Montreal. And I think they've learned since the last time baseball was in Montreal. I think they're going to be able to take that experience uh, having learned from it. I would like to see it come back. For one thing, just for the uniforms. I love the Expos uniforms. I really do. Uh, I've, never, I've never really taken – I've never been a jersey guy. Really? In case, you, in case you haven't realized. How about that? I have a Superman jersey. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I love jerseys. I might get a Bryce Harper jersey. But that, Why? <laughs> just, just so to I can – burn it? No, 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 no. Just the irony of me wearing it, right? <laughs> Just, just the joke of me walking around. People will think you lost a bet. Something like that, man. That'd be the worst thing. The Nationals' 34 jerseys are probably on sale. Hey, you know what's crazy? Their first year without Bryce Harper, they're going to be back in the playoffs, man. Man, if they make it over Philly, how about that? I'm telling you, man. Like, I, I called this. I said this was going to happen. Nobody believed me. Washington, I said, was going to be back in the playoffs. They are still the. I think that they are still one of the better than the Phillies. Gosh, what? <laughs> uh, must have been Ed and Brian Dozier. Must have been. That must have been yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that was probably it. Juan Soto's pretty good, too. Yeah, he's all right. Victor Robles has you know, developed pretty you know, well. And, and Rendon. Yeah, Rendon and Turner. And, of course, are, the guy who hit for the cycle last night, Trey yeah, Turner. Yeah, Trey Turner. He's all right. No. Ryan, Ryan Zimmerman's a good veteran leader. Okay, so you're pretty good at looking into your crystal ball until in the future. Here's one for you. Anthony Davis. I mean, I don't mean to jump sports here. We'll go back to baseball in a second. But Anthony Davis, I just want to make sure I document this. Anthony Davis will finish his career with the Chicago Bulls. How about that? All right. What, what, what in your crystal ball is telling you that? He's from Chicago. Yeah, but, I mean, KD's from Washington. I think Anthony Davis is going to go home and play for his hometown team when it's a, all said and done. He'll a, win his title in L.A., then he'll go retire as a Chicago Bull. I mean... LeBron's from Akron. He didn't finish. He's not going to finish his career with Cleveland. Yeah, but LeBron is a mogul. He wants to go out to LA and make movies. Anthony Davis isn't LeBron. Doesn't have that personality. So then, who? Like, I I can't think of a single player. Like Steph Curry's not going to go to Charlotte. No. Is it like? Is there any player currently in the league that has decided to retire with their home team? If Kyrie Irving does, you know, Brooklyn is about as close as he can get to his home. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, like... If Paul George retires in L.A. He's not close to retiring yet. No, but if Paul George and Kawhi do so... I mean, there's a trend right now of guys going back to where they grew up, playing in that city. And that's what makes me think Anthony Davis might do that. Like, he'll accomplish everything he wants to out in L.A., win his titles and what have you. And when he's in the lighter stages of his career, he'll go play for his hometown team. Right off into the sunset. You know, it'd be a good, it'd be a good feel good. It might right? take five years or so, but we can come back to this tape. Then Anthony Davis will retire as a bull. So start buying your discount Chicago Bull jerseys right now. <laughs> Custom make your number three Bulls Anthony Davis jerseys now before they get really pricey here in the next five mm-hmm. years. 
I'm telling you, you can bank on it. Yeah, the sad thing is that Davis won't be able to wear that 23. Nope, he's going to have to go to three. Yep. Going to have to keep that three from L.A. Ah, but I tell you what, jumping back to baseball, I want you to look in your crystal ball now. Okay. A few other guys that could be on the move here before the trade deadline next week. Mike Miner is a really interesting name. Mm, don't even, like, why is nobody talking about him, man? He's an interesting name. And yet Texas is in such a bad spot with their payroll and lack of prospects that they really need to hit a home Mike run on Mi- what they get back from Miner. Mike Miner is, <laughs> he is the perfect trade candidate, right? For everybody except the Yankees. Every, yeah, every single person. Even Not because I don't like yeah. the Yankees, but I don't think he'd be a fit there, and the Yankees don't have enough prospects that are ready to come up to the majors the Rangers would want. Yeah. But Mike, like Mike Miner, is the, for Texas, he's the perfect trade candidate. Mm-hmm. For every team that needs a starting pitcher, especially a lefty, he's the perfect trade candidate. Because mm-hmm. he's in the middle of his, the best year of his career by far. Not yeah. even close. Career highs in ERA strikeouts per nine innings pitched for when he's been a starter. I know he's spent some time as a reliever, but... When he's been a starter, this is his best year by far. First career All-Star nod, but because of his track record of, you know, he's been good, but he's never been anything incredible, right? Mm-hmm. He's still not going to be, he's still not going to demand the high supply of prospects that somebody like Madison Bumgarner or Noah Syndergaard would, would right. or, or even Marcus Stroman. Mm-hmm. But he might be the best pitcher this season of those three. He's playing in Texas. He is putting together the best season, a better season than... Madison Bumgarner playing in the most pitcher-friendly park in the history of baseball. Putting together a better season than Noah Syndergaard. Putting together a better season than Marcus Stroman. And nobody is nobody wants Mike Miner. I, I don't get it, man. He's having an up year. Stroman's having a down year. Which would you take for the long term between those two? Long term? Marcus Stroman. Stroman, okay. He, he, he's younger. And plus, like, like, like I said, Miner hasn't had the track record. Right. Miner is good, but... But you, it, is you, this you, his ceiling? Yeah, you, you you might be thinking that it might. Who knows? He might develop this next year, and all of a sudden he becomes a career. He becomes a perennial all star. But I don't mm. think he's going to get much better than this. Marcus Stroman still has a lot of possibly untapped potential. If you give him a good pitching coach, I don't know what he could turn into. So where would be a good fit for Miner? Like, what are some teams that would be in on him? I am releasing a Monday minute today ah. about the Milwaukee Brewers and Mike Miner. Hey, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. I mean, get Ulyss out of there, man. Yeah, Ulyss, need, Ulyss, needs, Ulyss to, needs to go. Yeah. And plus, there are, I mean, there are a bunch of teams that could use a left-handed starter, right? Mm-hmm. But the Milwaukee Brewers need pitching more than anything. They need starting pitching. Yep. Their, their bullpen is still solid. I mean, yeah. their bullpen is sixth in the major leagues in war. Mm-hmm. Compare that to their starters, 17th. Yeah. So if someone's holding them back as they're starting. Mike Miner... I'm, the Monday Minute I'm releasing today is based on who the Milwaukee Brewers need to go after. The mm. Milwaukee Brewers need to go after Trey Mancini and Mike Miner. Those are the two guys they need to grab. I like them offensively, though. I mean, especially yeah, in the but, outfield. Okay, yeah, but they have they need outfield depth, right? Okay. And Trey Mancini can play first base or outfield. So he provides outfield depth while at the same time being able to fill in for Jesus Aguilar, who's having a really down year. He, he is picking up, though. Yeah, he's picking up. And you hope that he keeps that going, but can you count on that as a thing? He's he's picking up, right. But, I mean, let's say you do make it to the World Series. Who are you going to put at DH? Eric Thames? I guess, but, I mean... I mean, he might just be your best option. Yeah, but Trey Mancini would provide so much more. If that were the move for Milwaukee, I think there are some guys I'd prioritize over him, but I see where you're going with it. Who, Who... Well, so... Pitching. Well, yeah, yeah. Pitching is by far their top need, but I wanted to say of filling all their needs who I think would fill the best. There are only really like three relief pitchers 
uh, three like good relief pitchers on the market right now. I feel like probably Kirby Yates, Will Smith, and Shane Green. Yep. So I mean, those are going to be slim pickings no matter what. Right, and, and like you said, their bullpen is fine, especially when you cap it with Josh Hader. But that offense needs to give them quality starts. I mean, right now they're asking way too much of their bullpen. Yeah, this is why I'm so big on Mancini. Mancini's on on league minimum contract right now yeah. too and he's secured for the next couple of years mm-hmm. and Mike Eliash has said he does not want to give her to Mancini mm-hmm. but Mancini he's just so good man he's her only bargaining chip if you're yeah. Baltimore yeah he's the only th- other than like maybe Michael Givens right maybe, maybe but he's down this year yeah maybe maybe so anybody who can grab Mancini is in for a huge thing he is he is the bargain of bargains right now I don't care how many prospects you have to give up I Plus, mean, he's a Notre Damer. Yeah, and he, <laughs> sure, for you. <laughs> and, I mean, he's not Manny Machado, right? So he's not going to require five prospects. Right. But if you give up three, like two B-level prospects and a C-level prospect, that should be enough for Mancini. Maybe. A, a 287 hitter with 20 home run power and uh, terrible at defense, but on a league minimum contract locked up for the next couple of years. Yeah. You're telling me two Bs and a C isn't worth that? If I'm Baltimore, no. I want to hit an absolute home run because he is my only bargaining chip. Like, I, I would raise the bar as high as I could. Like, I would be Stu Gotts and Sioux Falls. They keep, have you heard this story? No. Have you been following the whole Stu Gotts saga? No, what's that? Okay, I'll, we're almost out of time, but I'll recap it quick. So Stu Gotts and the Dan Levitard show has been courted by Sioux Falls for the last few months. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, it's where my younger brother goes to college. And they want him to come play in a golf tournament there with Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas says he's not going to go unless Stu Gotts goes. And Stu Gotts has made it very public on the show that he is going to hold out until they keep offering him more and more. Mm-hmm. Right now, the offer is $20,000, his own private limo and security detail. He gets a key to the city, and he will be a guest assistant coach for the Sioux Falls Sky Force of the G League. Okay. And he's still holding out because he wants a parade just for him. Is the list from what I've been hearing? Dude, holding out is the new is the new fad in sports, man. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, Melvin Gordon made it official. He is not going to Chargers training camp. Didn't somebody else say that they weren't coming to camp too? Like Travis Kelsey's holding out a little bit. A little Trent, bit. Trent Williams is holding out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing it, man. Everybody wants to get. Uh. Yeah, Tom Mogish, my general manager. Hey, if you're listening, Tom, I'm not coming to work tomorrow until I get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding out in the sports pen, Tom. Dang. I'm kidding, yeah. by the way. I like this job. Yeah, I know. But, uh, <laughs> he, he loves it. He yeah, yeah. I tell you what, we are out of time, man. We'll be watching for your Monday minute. Anything else you got going on? Yeah, we got a Thursday throwdown coming out tomorrow. Uh, I try my hand at archery. Um, Ooh. You ever tried archery? I have. I took it as a class my freshman year of college. So, so you're pretty decent. No, I oh, was awful okay. at it. Oh, okay. You know what? I might have a couple good shots in there, but the person I'm going up against, they had to try to split cherries. Hmm. And I'll tell you, for, even from 20 yards, it's dang impressive. <laughs> that is John Michael Hofling, sports guy at ABC10. I'm Tanner Hoop, sports guy at ESPN-UP. Glad to have you here, as always. Signing off, thanks for tuning in once again here on Wednesday afternoon. Don't forget, Twins-Yankees tonight, 7.30, 6.30 Central on ESPN-UP and online with our app.